No one better to talk to about the newest members of the Phoenix Suns than our Suns guru, Kellen Olson, here at Arizona Sports, joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Kellen, thanks so much for taking the time today. Really appreciate it. No problem, guys. Glad to be here. Perfect. So I want to just kind of encompass or put together all six of the guys that were reportedly joining the Suns yesterday. Of the group, who stands out the most to you and why? I think it's Josh Akogi, but it, it really is most of the group. But I'll, I'll go with Josh just because I thought that he had a really good chance to get money elsewhere. And the biggest surprise of the day as, as a whole was just how quickly the Suns were able to get through this and, and fill up their roster because the expectation you have is that the guys that are going to take the veterans minimum are going to do right by themselves from a financial perspective and at least see how the market goes for the next couple of days because there are plenty of teams right now that still have mid-level money left. They still have a taxpayer mid-level left. But all of these guys, specifically Josh in particular, who I think had the best chance at a payday out of any of the guys that they signed, uh, chose to come back to Phoenix. I think that it's a huge win for the Suns to retain him, a huge win to retain Damian Lee, and a huge win for some of the other names that they brought in. Because I, if I would have had to guess these six guys, how many of them would have taken the minimum or been at the price of a minimum, I would have only guessed about one or two of them. I think they did really, really well. So six new guys, four of them are, well, I should say six free agents signed, four new guys, two guys coming back. Does that number, the the ratio there, does that surprise you? Because I, I kind of thought it would be the opposite. And Mitch and I were talking earlier, is it a product of the new head coach wanting some new players that he likes in particular? I think I think it's part of both of those things, but I, I am surprised by the ratio a little bit. But when you kind of look at exactly what went down and what Gambo reported earlier in the day, just about wanting to get more athletic, they had to go elsewhere to kind of find those things, and, and they did, right? Like Kata Bates-Diop in San Antonio last year sort of came into his own and was a productive NBA player. He's 6'8 with a 7'3 wingspan. That's a ginormous defensive wing right there. Metsu is a really explosive player. He's a bit undersized, but he brings that. As well, I, I think Eubanks is going to surprise a lot of people. I think that he's just getting directly compared to Jock Landale, which makes sense because they do similar things. But I think that Eubanks is skilled and he's a little bit more athletic than he gets credit for. He's, he's not quick-footed by any means, but he has some explosivity to his game as well. And, and then we know Josh's resume there as well as a defender. And I think Yuda, again, is a guy who gets – Yuda Watanabe is a guy who gets pocketed as a shooter – Rightfully so, but he's six nine and can move a bit and has long arms. So they just got a lot more dynamic uh, athletically, and of course that pertains to the defensive end more than the offensive end, and, and more so with lineup versatility. I think Vogel's going to have a ton of interesting combinations to use, and I think the signings help there for sure. Kellen Olson, our Arizona Sports lead Suns writer, one half of the Empire of the Suns podcast with Arizona Sports. He's joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line. The the report that Gamble put out initially, and now we know, of course, it is essentially a bunch of dudes that are under the age of 29 joining the Suns. What kind of an impact does that have not only on those individuals that signed the deals, but to this team? Whereas you look at a year ago, it was a lot more veterans, older guys, and now you've got basically a youth infusion after this free agency period. Yeah, to, to an extent, I just think it speaks more to where they had to look for value because a lot of the veterans that we were talking about on the minimum or potentially on the minimum are guys that have been really established. And I think that the biggest theme that I see with their phrasing signings is that the four newcomers are all young guys who are relatively unproven, but they're coming off of their best season. Eubanks has had a stretch in Portland for a while now, but he had a consistent role 
in Portland and was most of the time it just seemed like generally, and, and, and some of this had to do with Yusuf Nurkic's play as well, but was their best big for most of the year. Metu found somewhat of a consistent role, the fact that he wasn't able to beat out a guy like Alex Lynn, he was able to beat out Rashawn Holmes, but never locked down that backup big spot just speaks to kind of the deficiencies in his game, but it was his most productive year. I brought up Bates Diop already. He was struggling to land himself as kind of an NBA player. The last year, he certainly proved that he is that. And then Watanabe, when the super team was still together in sorts in Brooklyn and you at least had Irving and Durant together, he was really thriving with those two guys. But once the the uh, dust settled on what Brooklyn did, he kind of faded out of the rotation. And it makes a lot of sense why, because one, Brooklyn added a million wings, but two, <laughs> they didn't really have the ball handlers and creators to create open shots as often for a guy like Wadnot, who's more of a catch-and-shoot threat than anything else. So it's four guys who they saw some market value on where they could capitalize on, four guys in situations that maybe a lot of people, including me, to be honest, aren't really paying attention to that, uh, attention to that much. Like I've been watching a lot of Spurs and Blazers games over the last 24 hours because these are guys we didn't see much of throughout the year, but the Suns clearly did and saw some value there, and those guys see some value in coming here, really playing on a good team and a good role and upping their value for next summer. We know when it comes to the start of a game or the end of a game, we're going to see Beal, Booker, Durant, Ayton. They're going to be on the floor. As you see it with the free agents that they have, now that the roster's pretty much filled out, who is the fifth guy that should be on the floor at the end of a game with that crew? Yeah, I, I think it has to be someone defensive-minded. Like it, it could be a shooter in some situations, surely, but that would just be asking far too much out of Booker and Durant specifically, which is one-on-one matchups defensively. So I look at three guys. We mentioned Bates Diop. Jordan Goodwin is another name to keep an eye on. And then, of course, Akogi, who was the fifth starter for portions of last year as well. I think that those three guys are going to be not necessarily competing for the job throughout the year, but they're going to be the three names that they kind of toggle through. I think ideally they would want it to be Bates Diop because of his size, what he provides in a rebounding sense, and then how he can defend a bunch of positions. But that it, having Bates Diop in there, I'm not sure if he's the guy to guard Steph Curry or John Morant. That's where you go to Jordan Goodwin or Josh Akogi. It's a bit smaller of a lineup for the Suns, but in terms of finding someone to take the stress off the guards from a defensive perspective, those two guys can do it. And, and realistically, guys, they just need to fill four spots. Like They, they have four more spots in rotation to get to eight. Right. And they've got a handful of candidates and roles that make a lot of sense. Like I think they did really well when you look across the league at what other teams have done with the veterans minimum. They, they've hardly accomplished much. I think Brooklyn did well getting Dennis Smith Jr. I think Miami did well getting Josh Richardson. But outside of that, there wasn't much value out there. So they, they did really well. Kellen Olson, our lead Suns writer at ArizonaSports.com, joining us on Arizona Sports Saturday. I want to rewind a couple of days because I don't think it can bury too much. Bradley Beal's introductory presser a couple of days ago. What? Because you were at the presser. What stood out the most to you from talking and hearing from Bradley? And then when you got a chance to talk with him exclusively on Arizona Sports a few minutes later? Yeah, just how uh, ready he is for this moment, right? Like he's been fading away in, in Washington more so and kind of gone under the radar a bit. Like one of the things that he mentioned is like getting the chance to be not only in significant games every night, but like getting to play on television. You can imagine how the Wizards were on national TV, I would guess under five times last year and with good reason because they weren't that appealing of a team to watch, honestly. But now the Suns are going to come in and like maybe half their schedule is going to be on national TV next year considering the star power that they have, but he's going to just be playing in significant games every year, every day, I should say. And and for him specifically, I really liked his awareness with his mindset and just like the challenges he's going to have 
mentally ahead of him because it's easy to look at this and see the on-court stuff and see how easy it's going to be for everyone and how they're going to set each other up. But with that being said, it's going to take adapting and it's going to be take learning how to win at a really high level. And he's, he's ready to do that. I think that you could hear it from the way that he was speaking. Like he understands exactly what he's going to have to do here in order for it to be successful. Kellen, it appears that the Suns roster is pretty much filled out at this point, but my understanding is if they did throw Kamara on a two-way contract or let's say Isaiah Todd is not their best option, they want to cut him for some reason, they could open up one more spot on the roster. Is there anything in your eyes that they need to go and do, or are they just done and on to Summer League? I think either another wing or another ball handler makes sense at, at this juncture. I think that right now it's the big three and then campaign in terms of ball handlers, initiators of the offense. We talked about Eric Gordon. He's still out there. Maybe he's a possible name that could go for the minimum. Not exactly sure what his market is. Again, like a big uh, a development that hasn't occurred yet over the first nearly 24 hours here has been at the MLE 12 million or so. And then, and then the taxpayer mid-level around four and a half, five hasn't been used a ton. So there's still a quite a bit of money out there in that kind of range, but another wing would help. I think that someone in base Diop's mold, who is more of a defensive guy, that's where Tory Craig immediately comes to mind. I think that's one of the last few dominoes here. We're waiting for is to see if Tory Craig and Bismack beyond the wind up signing elsewhere, because the Suns do own the bird rights on those two. And it just does seem like with the way that the, roster is shaping up right now that Kamara seems like he's going to be on a two-way but but we'll see of course I, I just think that again the, the balance that they've done it, it is certainly not star-studded name don't get me wrong it's, it's a couple of guys that aren't as recognizable but some fans are going to get to know these guys very quickly and see that they can play all right really quickly I just want to throw a fun D-backs question at you because I know you've been watching the team and I know you're excited about what they're doing this year how many all-stars do you think are going to join Corbin Carroll tomorrow Oh man, that's tomorrow, right? Shoot, yeah. I, I was like, so I was so wrapped up on it, but then all it took was like forty-seven million notifications from NBA free agency to throw me off the center of that again. Okay, uh, Gallon is two. Yep, Marte is three. Yep. Do we think Merrill gets in, guys? He might get in, but is he going to be back from injury in time? I think Merrill will get it, and then may have to be injury replaced. I don't know, but I think he gets it. I have to believe that Christian Walker is going to get in. He's been so Ooh. good this year. It's just a loaded position for him. That's the problem. And and so I'll, I'll hedge my bets and, and say just based on more positional scarcity, I'm going to go Geraldo Perdomo. He's had an awesome year. Not a lot of guys at shortstop are putting up numbers this year. That's something that and I have talked about around the office for the last month or so, really, that he's got a really good shot. So I'll go I'll go four, and, and maybe Lourdes is five, but I think one of Perdomo Walker uh, for sure, and then those other three that we mentioned. I like this. Kellen's very optimistic about this Diamondbacks team. Thanks so much. We know you're busy paying attention to NBA free agency, and I guess now the All-Star Reserve show tomorrow. Thanks so much. I'm going to a movie in a couple of hours, man. Like they, Their roster's basically done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to relax, man. I'm uh, good. You've, you've earned it, Enjoy Kellen. that relaxation, <laughs> all right? Thanks, guys. See ya. Thanks, See ya. Cal. Kellen Olson, our lead Suns writer, our Suns guru. He does the Empire of the Suns podcast with Kevin Zimmerman. And he loves the Diamondbacks baseball team. Kellen and I did four hours yesterday together on Wolf and Luke leading up to NBA free agency. And I kept telling listeners, hey, don't (laughs) hold your breath for any Suns deals today. Don't expect them to do anything big because all the guys they want, they're going to want to go out and look for more money. Yeah, I couldn't have been more wrong.